If you've just tuned in, then welcome to the Go Play Go Business Network podcast, here to help you market your classes and grow your business faster online. I'm Holly Woodford, co-founder at Go Play Go, and also creator of Move with Pepper, the preschool physical activity program. We're excited to bring you the unique stories of activity providers from across the UK. Hopefully these real life stories will inspire you and give you some helpful advice on how to market and grow your business. Delighted to be here today to host the very first Go Play Go podcast with Stella Bate, the founder of Club Petit Pirot, which is London's premier French club for children. Stella has a great story to tell about how she started her business and has an awful lot of experience in the children's activity market, so I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to today's podcast. Stella arrived in London in 1989 and worked for a few years as a French teacher. And it was actually during this time that she realised there was a massive gap in the market for preschool French classes. 25 years on, and Stella and her team run classes to thousands of children across London. Stella has also written, recorded and sells French learning CDs, which she's going to share a bit more about uh, later, uh, and is also a language consultant for the Cartoon Network. So, Stella, welcome, and thanks so much for agreeing to be uh, part of our podcast series. I have given you a bit of an introduction, but left all the best bits for you, so why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about yourself and what Club Petit Perrault actually is. Oh, okay. Bonjour, Holly. Bonjour. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, Club Petit Pierrot, uh, we teach French to babies and children, uh, and we have classes across London. We follow the immersion method, which means that we basically do not translate. There is not a word of translation during our sessions. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so uh, that's why it's called the immersion program, because you immerse okay. uh, yeah. uh, the families, because for the little ones, obviously, they come with their parents who really enjoy learning French as well. So yes, we have these uh, French sessions across London. Uh, we have lots of different age groups, yeah. lots of different programs. Yeah. We make all our own programs. Uh, I've devised all the classes a long time ago. Um, and uh, I have a small team of teachers. Fantastic. And I guess, you know, an immersion kind of language course sounds quite scary, uh, especially for a non-linguist like myself. So what's the kind of reaction from parents when they first come into your classes? You're right, it can be scary. What I say to the parents, basically, you know, if it's going to be clear for the children, it's going to be clear for you, don't worry about yeah, it. There are only three, you should be fine. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, that the parents' involvement is very important. They yeah. need to understand what we're going to do. So we explain to them how it works. But basically, with little ones, what happens is that uh, they want to communicate. So if you provide an environment where they're going to be able to play and they would need to communicate, uh, it's going to happen. And uh, the teachers have very clear linguistic objectives. The children, they just play, and we really provide this, this environment where they will need to communicate with us. So how we say things and how we sing and how we play is going to allow us uh, you, to, 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 to follow these objectives. You know, it sounds quite technique, but at the back it is very technical, but 
for the children and the parents is all play and fun. Yeah. And also, uh, all the teachers, including myself, are very dynamic and fun. And we want, we really help people to want to uh, repeat and sing with us, etc. Yeah. So you're also a French teacher uh, by background, and that's how you ended up in London teaching in a French school. I started teaching in a French nursery school. Okay. So it wasn't. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't teaching only French. It was a nursery school, uh, a very good nursery school, L'Ecole des Petits, and uh, many years ago. And uh, uh, I was teaching the younger group in that nursery and really uh, realized, and at that time there were not a lot of French people, so in these French schools, most of the kids who started at the beginning of the school year yeah. didn't speak a word, and by the end of the school year, you know, some of them were completely fluent, so I realized that there was something really exceptional. I've always been passionate about uh, language and French and literature, so that was really something I was interested in. Um, and I realized I was quite good at it as well, yeah. because yeah. I, when I had all of these kids uh, not speaking the language coming to us full time, uh, we had to think, you know, how to help them. Um, improve yeah. and enjoy the, the session. So that's how I started. I worked uh, for a few years in that school and at the same time I started to teach French, mainly privately yeah. or maybe mini groups uh, in people's home. And it's the parents who told me, Stella, you should really start your own <laughs> classes. You're doing something very special, it's very yeah. good. Um, Did you believe them? Uh, yeah, I think I think I did. I could see I was good, yeah. and because and I was really enjoying it. Yeah. And uh, and I'm an ambitious person, and I yeah. like challenges. So all yeah. of that together meant that yeah. I was. Uh, so I started with a few people, uh, a few families that I knew. Uh, they were coming from all over London. I was in a church hall in Victoria. That would never happen today. There yeah. are so many activities. People don't travel anymore. But at that time. I was the only one teaching a language for their young children, so and they knew me and they wanted these classes. So they came for, and I started with one little group, just myself and an assistant to help me, and it grew from there. Oh, fantastic! And how many classes do you run today? I don't know how many classes because <laughs> there are so many. I can't give you a number. I know we have eight clubs, but we teach our programs in uh, crèche, in nurseries, in primary school, and in primary school we don't. Uh, always teach as an after-school club. Some school require one of our teacher and our program to fit in their uh, in their day. So um, some school, you know, are very committed to to uh, yeah. to their pupils learning a second language. Yeah. And they're not only private schools, we work with state schools as well. Yeah. So why did you call it a club rather than a class or uh, a group? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it was the fun aspect. I didn't want people to think they were going to be... Because we really like a school of language. Yeah. Uh, the way we teach and uh, uh, some people would think young children just learn a few languages. But no, we really give them great foundation, a great head start. And um, uh, But club, yes, was more, more the fun aspect of it because I really passionately believe that you need to have fun to learn yeah. something, anything. Yeah. And um, if, yeah. So how does the club work then? So I know the listeners would want me to ask the question, you know, how do you structure it? How do you charge parents? Um, 
to, to actually come? You know, is it a sort of a, a membership fee or is it a session yes. fee? Yes, there is a one-off membership okay. fee. And on our website, uh, the parents get a, a, a private portal where we put extra um, activities. Uh, so there is an, a one-off membership fees. Uh, the other thing that they get is some free play sessions. We have sessions where they can come with okay. their kids just to play. Yep. And their native French teacher play with them. So they are two little things. So they become a member and, uh, and then they pay per term. Okay. Okay, and you tend to do a termly fee as opposed to a drop-in or a pay-as-you-go? Termly fee. Okay. There is no drop-in. You drop said in. that very, yes, very it's clearly. Very, it's <laughs> very, very important. We can't do that. Yeah. Because uh, the way we teach, you know, we don't translate, as you remember, so the structure of each class is very important. And even if it was in their mother tongue, I think, you know, having a little routine for little ones is very important. So it takes a... It's, it takes time for little ones to get used to that routine. Uh, so if they come when they feel, they will never get used to it yeah. and they won't be able to make progress. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that's probably true for a lot of activities out there, that actually, particularly preschool, that's certainly what I found with, with my programme, actually the longer parents commit to and the more they come, the more their children Absolutely. actually get out of it and develop. Of course. Of course. Yours know. is a language and mine's a physical activity program. I exactly. think it probably no, translates. I think you're right. As yeah. I said, you yeah. know, routine is very important because they need to know, um, they need to feel comfortable, happy to yeah. be able to learn. Yeah. So in a new environment, you know, it always, it takes time for us to get used yeah. to a new environment. So yeah. imagine for little ones. Yeah. And what's it like kind of managing the different parents? Do you manage them day to day? Do they come through the website or do you sort of meet them in class? A bit of everything, you know, a lot of people first contact us by email. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's very important to speak to parents. First of all, because we need to help them choose the right class. Yeah. There are some kids who have never uh, spoken French or heard French before, but there are some kids who heard a little bit of French at school or at home. So we've got lots of different levels yeah. and we'd like to uh, advise parents to, uh, to go to the right class. So there is that first contact. Then I really think it's very important to inform parents, to inform parents how the class, the class works. Yeah. Um, and uh, not only because, not only explaining the method, because it's important that they know we, they can't translate, etc., and that we're going to help them with that, but also explain that we don't want any mobile phones during the lesson, uh, you know, because if, you, if your classes are well structured, um, well, they're going to be, can't find the right words. Um, yeah, they will. People will enjoy it more, probably. Ultimately. Everybody will enjoy yeah. it more. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the environment will be perfect for yeah. the kids to learn. You know, if they have phones ringing or people taking pictures, and also when the parents are in the class, that's very important that they are involved. If they're bored. Yeah the kids can get uh, demotivated. Yeah, absolutely. And just picking up on that, um, I think having spoken to a number of providers, I think they feel that parents are probably making lots more choices about uh, um, experiencing different activities, whereas previously they might have picked one or two activities and gone to that for, you know, the 12 months or something. So obviously, you know, trying to capture parents and keep them engaged and keep them coming back is really key. What, what do you do to keep parents booking term after term? 
Um, as I said, we, we inform them. Even in the sessions where parents don't stay, yeah. we, we, you know, they know what's, what's going on. You know, they get newsletter, but we speak to them every, okay. every week. Uh, I must say that most of the parents who register, they stay for a long time because okay. we provide lessons from newborn to eight-year-old. Yeah. And I think what keeps them, first of all, is the quality of the lessons. Yeah. They can see the progress. Uh, they can see that the kids are safe with us. They really trust us. And for them to trust us, uh, uh, we have to be open to discussion. And we've, I think... I'm pretty sure we've created little communities in each center okay. like that. Okay. Uh, so that's very important to keep them uh, informed. And did you realize that from the start, that I guess the interaction and communication with parents um, is quite key to retaining them and keeping them involved? Did you realize that right from the start? Was that something you've learned? I don't time? think I realized it from the start because First, I was so small. I, you know, I did it naturally. Yeah. I didn't need to uh, write lengthy newsletter or send newsletter by email. Anyway, this didn't exist when I started. So <laughs> it was, uh, you can put it in the post, uh, and sure. it's in my personality. You know, I'm very passionate about what I do, yeah. and I speak to parents. Yeah. And I, I, when I train my teachers, it's part of their training how to communicate with okay. the parents to share the information. Uh, but no, I've always done it. But, I mean, my instinct made me do it. Yeah. I realized later on, you know, I had, uh, as I grew, that I needed to put certain things into place to make sure that they keep having information. You yeah. Know. And I guess that growing bit is quite key. So if any providers are sitting there thinking, right, I'm doing a really good job, you know, delivering my class, I want to try and grow it. Mm. You know, probably finding the right people, the right teachers is key. How, mm. how have you found teachers and how have you made sure that they have delivered to the quality and the standards that I know you expect from uh, from all of them? So, um, to find teachers, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a page on our website where people yeah. um, have the information if they want to send us a CV, but uh, I'm very picky, I'm very picky. <laughs> I really, uh, first I speak to people on the phone, then I meet them face to face, and their interview is going to be long, because we're working with children, so... And is it immersive, the interview? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd... Get, I don't think I'd be one of your no, teachers now. No, you know, <laughs> that's not sure. I've been, uh, been practicing saying your name for at least two weeks now in preparation for this podcast. And you did it very well. <laughs> Thank you. You did it very well. Um, uh, and, and during this interview, I want to know the person yeah. as well as I want to know that the teacher is experienced to work with children, has experience as teaching French as a foreign language. So... Uh, that, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I train them, you okay. know, because the way we work, I, I think it's the same for each children yeah. activity provider. We all have our own way of doing things. So you have to think that teachers might not have worked in that kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to explain to them how they're going to work yeah. and you need to give them the tools yeah. to do this 
properly, you know. And if you really collaborate with them, because I don't tell them what to do. I mean, they get uh, educational programs, they get lesson plans, but I yeah. do expect... So you give them the content, but not yes. the how-to. No, we have meetings when we talk about the yeah. how-to. I observe them, I help them, you know, I give them certain techniques, yeah. but they still have to uh, own this program and, yeah. and put something of themselves into it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, be boring for them, you'd be boring for everybody, and otherwise we wouldn't improve all the time, you know, because I get these fantastic new teachers, very often younger than me, and uh, who can bring so much to the club. They enjoy getting something from my yeah. experience, yeah. Uh, and they show it to me, uh, and they tell me that's, that's useful, and I think it's the synergy of both that really makes the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can have a good program, you can have good venues, but if you don't have good teachers, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I don't think you can shortcut that. No, bit, you can can't. You? And I, you I, can't. I know when I last met you, you told me how you trained your teachers um, and to the level and, and the amount of time you actually spend on it. I think people would be surprised actually how much training really does go in behind the scenes. I spoke to another very successful uh, franchise here in London, probably one of the biggest, and they told me exactly the same story about how picky they were about their teachers and they trained them, I think their words were, within an inch of their life. Um, you know, in terms of the content and in terms of actually the kind of the whole sort of principles. So that's very I, think, interesting. I think that's, you know, that's if there's a one message for people, you know, quality of the training, quality of the teachers, and that will probably get you success. Yes. Um, if nothing else. So now, Stella, I know obviously you do your classes, but you mentioned that um, you have um, uh, sort of work you do in schools and also nursery schools as well. Um, but you've also created uh, a music CD that, that parents can buy as well. So would you tell us a little bit about yes, what that is and yes, how you yes, sell yes. that uh, CD? Okay, so um, I've always created songs and sometimes my team helped me with that uh, because singing is very important, very useful when learning a language, even for your mother tongue anyway, for little ones. It's really a good way, you know, to absorb the language, to learn a lot of vocabulary and to absorb all the grammatical structures of the language, etc. So I've always created songs and always wanted to do that CD, but didn't find the time or didn't find the right people to do it with. And um, my husband, who is an actor, was working in The Lion King and uh, the musical director, I've spoke to, uh, I spoke about this project to the musical director of The Lion King, who is also the keyboard, who was the keyboard at that time, and about that project, and he said, yeah, let's do it, you oh, know, fantastic. come to my studio, we're going to, I couldn't believe it, I said, yeah, you sure you want to do my little, <laughs> and we had a great time, so a lot of the songs. Wow, the CD by the musical director yeah, of The yeah, Lion King, and yeah, Stella, so the music, brilliant. the music is really cool. Yeah. Uh, some I've already, I had already more or less written, even though I'm not uh, a musician, but you know, I mean, and nursery rhymes uh, as well. And some we wrote together. My husband helped me a lot with that as well because he's, he's completely bilingual too. So uh, he had some creative input in there. Uh, and we did that CD really trying to, for each song, uh, trying to create an ambience so we didn't have to translate. There is a booklet with all the translations yeah. for the parents, but we want the kids to get a feel of it and we just want to go with it and sing. And, and all these songs we use in our programs, with one song you can do so many things. You can just sing it, dance it, you can create uh, uh, exercises, you can create a game with it. I mean, with a, with a song, you know, 
taking the, yeah. from one theme, you can go do, do many, many things. So we use these songs uh, in lots of creative ways. But the, the great anecdote I have when I was doing the CD with, um, with Alec Grigelis uh, is that I was in his studio uh, and I wanted to do our goodbye song, you know, like the end of a yeah. concert or something, yeah. you know, something yeah. different. Uh, and also, I wanted at the end of the song to go back to the theme of the first song, the Bienvenue song, where we repeat uh, something, you know. And uh, he was uh, he was uh, trying to find the music for that. I gave him him the words and then he said oh it reminds me when I worked with the who on this and that and I said yes my yeah. little goodbye song reminds you of the who yeah it reminded me too of the who <laughs> I mean um, I don't know if young people know the who but oh, I tell you what I've never been that excited about languages generally because I'm not that good at it but I, I'm going to have to listen to your CD yes. and I think this is my chance you know, this is some, my chance some, some, to learn some, a language yeah, properly some, I have two, two, two very good anecdotes if you want to hear about the CD as well uh, a father who comes every Saturday to bring his, his children to, to the club uh, and who tells me every morning to go to school, we listen to your CD. Then I arrive at the office and it's so catchy, I keep on singing in <laughs> French at the office. He said it's so funny. And another one which is absolutely lovely. Uh, a mother used to, who still bring her children, started the lessons with her daughter while she was pregnant of her son. And uh, she was listening to the CD all the time outside the class while she was pregnant. And now her son uh, is doing our classes as well, he's a year and a bit. And she said, every time he's upset, only your CD works. Oh, wow. There you go. It's lovely. To all the parents out there, here's another potential upset sleep aid that you could try. So do you sell that, obviously, to your parents that come to classes? Yes, yes. It's not compulsory. Okay. They can decide yeah. to buy it or not. I explained yeah. to them why it's Do you it's get useful. people buying it from the website as well? Do you sell it uh, channels? From Amazon. Oh, you sell Amazon, it on Amazon, okay. And I also sell it at the big French bookshop, which is one of our partners yeah. in South Kensington, okay. Librairie La Page. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. And what's it been like selling through Amazon? What's that experience Very like? easy. Is it? Is it's it? very easy to sell okay. uh, with Amazon. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would advise anyone who wants to sell. Um, is it expensive, the percentage that they no, take? No, okay. I can't remember. But, yeah. it's, it's, but if you it's can't remember, very, it can't be that bad. No, so. no, no, it's not bad at all. That's it's interesting. very good value. Uh, they're very well organized. Yeah. Uh, I wish I, w I could work with more smaller businesses as okay. well, but at the moment, uh, that's the yeah. way we do it. Yeah, okay. Now, that's, that's really interesting. I've always thought Amazon would be quite big and expensive to work with, but I mean, they're just an amazing sales channel, aren't they, for... Uh, for that type of thing, absolutely. absolutely. Excellent, okay. Now, I met you, Stella, back in February, if you remember, at a London Providers uh, event. Yes, I do remember, where um, you did a very good presentation. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tee that up with you to say that. Um, but actually, when I met you, uh, and then I realised, and I said to you, how long have you been doing uh, Club Petit Poirot? And, and you said, oh, 25 years. And the first question I think that came out of my mouth is, what's changed in 25 years? And I think people would probably really be interested to find out. I found it fascinating. So from when you started to today, what's the market like? What are parents like? Okay. Are there things so, that are easier or harder? Okay. Okay. So first, the market is not the same at all. Okay. Uh, when I started, there were 
a few activities for little ones, uh, no language classes uh, for young children, none for babies. So, you know, I was the, the, the only one when I first started in London. Uh, so that was easy uh, because there weren't a lot of competition. Uh, the parents and the children, they've changed so much, so much. It's not the same parents, it's not the same children because the world is changing, you know. Yeah. Uh, what's very interesting is that, uh, um, and I'm very careful because even though they've changed and even though you need to improve and change as well, I didn't compromise on what I think is important. Uh, but yes, uh, children are less passionate. Patient, sorry, yes, patient. patient, parents too. You know, we live okay. in a world which is faster. Yeah. Uh, sometimes um, uh, we get some children who are not used to play that that much. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this might be the first time they've ever been in a play or group kind of setting. With little yeah. ones are the case. Um, and uh, because of the technology, you know, uh, and because there's so much on offer for children and families, parents, in a way, are, uh, what's the right word, uh, are quite exigent, which is good. I mean, you should be exigent for kids. I'm a mother as well, so I agree with that. But it's not an English word. I'm thinking, I don't It's not an English word. Exigent. They're very particular, yes. Okay. Uh, but also, sometimes they expect um, uh, so they expect things quickly, but they expect things to um, they expect us to teach their kids, I would say. And uh, we do, but we want their kids to explore, and they don't know always how to let their kids explore. Okay. I don't know why it yeah. is, but it is yeah. happening. And uh, uh, we have to tell them, be patient, you know, they're going to get used to it, they're going to learn, they're going... But um, um, I don't know if it makes sense, but uh, uh, parents have completely changed, completely. I wonder if there's just more anxiety from parents about their children developing at, a, at the right very, rate, very, in the right way. If they're, not, if they're not seeing it immediately, Yes. sort of A equals B, yes. rather than actually A yes. might equal B, but it might not happen there. Yes. It actually might be in another context. Yes, it makes sense. It yeah. makes sense how yeah. you explain it much better than I <laughs> Couldn't find the right words. Uh, but the, definitely the parents have changed, and we, ha we had to change, you know, with yeah. time. Uh, but it's improving, you know, and yeah. I'll always do that. And sometimes my teachers say, I can't believe you're still reviewing this, you know. Yeah. And I said, yes, we can always do better. Always. <laughs> so no, I, will, I agree with that. And that's what's exciting yeah. as well. And how do you deal with that then with parents that probably have a changed expectation, you know, instant kind of messaging type kind of expectation of your responses yes. through to what, what yes. they're expecting well, their children again, to do. Well, ag again, communica communicating, okay. explaining to them how it works. Uh, not only when we speak to them, but we share articles, you know, yeah. uh, to explain to them how children learn a language, for instance, and how yeah. children learn uh, in general. Yeah. Um, very rarely do someone 
I mean, we have from time to time yeah. people who don't believe in our method yeah. or yeah. Uh, who are not happy. That's very rare. I only had once, I think I remember someone who asked me to teach differently, who said, <laughs> I want you to translate. My children don't want to come to the lesson. And uh, I don't know why her children didn't want to come to the lesson, actually. Maybe it was because they were worried about yeah. translating. So I explained yeah. to her what yeah. we can tell them yeah. about it so that they don't worry. Maybe there was another reason. But while I told her, uh, is that you have to trust us. If you don't trust us, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah, that's a good point, and you isn't need, it? You, you need yeah. to, but you, if you don't trust the way we teach, and uh, yeah. it's yeah. not going... And it's not going to work, and, that, no. and that's okay. And actually, one of the things that, that I've come to the conclusion of is that some activities are not necessarily right for some children and parents, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, so actually, that whole how you manage the conversation with parents, and it's probably a whole other podcast on managing parents and yes. the difficult things. Yeah. Past and the, the, the pressure techniques. they get, yeah. because they are so many things on offer now for little ones. Yeah. And it's expensive, some of it, as well. So yes. I think the expectation is yes. that it's... I think parents really need to choose what's important for them. For me, for instance, it was music, one, one musical activity, one language, obviously. And... Um, one sporty activity yeah. and I thought that's enough yeah. the rest of the time we play yeah. we go out we do things together yeah it's interesting you just said that because we did some research um, through Go Play Go and the parents uh, booking and they told us that they on average want to book three classes a week and you've just said there's three things that's that very you interesting book. well yes. that's good because yeah. some people do more and yes, I think I that's uh, <laughs> it's not good for children to be always in structured activities yeah. Yeah. they need time also to digest what they've learned yeah. in these structured activities and explore. Yeah, so there's lots of room for different types of activities yeah. in the market because I think there's, there's different things parents are looking for. So, what do you find, I guess, the biggest challenge of running the business, you know, day to day? Day to day, when you have uh, a team of different people, we have ten, we, we ten all together, when you use different uh, church halls or halls that you hire, when you work with different nurseries, different schools, uh, there's, every day there's something happening yeah. unexpected. Yeah. Every day. There's yeah. not one day when uh, a school yeah. doesn't uh, uh, cancel at the, yeah. at the last minute, a church hall hasn't yeah. been cleaned properly, and you, you know the teachers call you panicking, we need to clean before that, or whatever. There's yeah. something every yeah. day. So in the day-to-day, -day, you yes. know, boring, that, that, yeah. that's, that's what happens. Yeah. When you have so many different... Um, aspect of the business to to deal with. And is there a particular way you communicate with your team? So have you got a favourite tool or way you do that? You know, uh, we have a weekly meeting. Okay. Two hours yeah. every Friday afternoon. Yeah. And uh, we communicate a lot by email. Okay. Especially, I have an assistant who does all the admin yeah. and uh, who does yeah. the teachers' timetables. And she will automatically, you know, every, every time there is something important, she okay. will send an email and they know okay. they have to confirm. Yeah. But as soon as something is difficult or urgent, we pick up the phone. Okay. And when I have a new teacher, I said, you call me yeah. anytime, any day. Just, and I think it's important with yeah. anyone when things yeah. get complicated, you have to speak. Yeah. Don't use emails. Emails are not easy for... Yeah. Any top tips for people managing the day-to-day -day admin? Any shortcuts they can take to making that burden a bit easier? Ah, that's a difficult one. <laughs> I threw get, that one get, in. get help. Get yeah. help. Uh, I'm very bad because every time I have a minute, I go back to it and help my helper. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, you know, I like to be so efficient that I'm always... Yeah. There. 
but I suppose it would be good, you know, to set up times and be more yeah. disciplined, but I'm not very good at that. How long did it take you before you got somebody to help you? It took me, I started in 93. Uh, I know, when, after I had my son. So uh, it took me between eight or to ten years. Yeah. Uh, I started with someone who helped okay. me a little bit, uh, a few hours, and yeah. then became more. And did it make a big difference? Yes, yes. Do you, do you wish you'd done it sooner? I don't know if I was ready or if I needed it sooner, yeah. but it did allow me to grow as well. Okay. But so many things happened to me yeah. because 25 years, can you imagine? Yeah. No internet. Yeah. No printer. Yeah, how did you cope? Uh, well, we, we stuffed <laughs> flyers yeah. in envelopes and sold them yeah. to people, you know. I mean, it was another world. So, so having someone to help me in the office and the internet changed completely yeah. how I grew my yeah. business. Which is a really good moment to ask you this question. I know people want to hear more because this is what I get asked all the time about how can we best market our classes? So yeah. how do you market? Um... So, uh, I don't know if I have, you know, the magic answer. I think it's important to be visible. Yeah. I think it's important to keep informing. Again, it's always about communicating, informing people uh, about what you do and how you do, so you get the right people who get interested in your, in your activity. Uh, I use a little bit of um, a paper magazine. I advertise a little bit in paper magazines, not all the time, but regularly. Yeah. And because I'm only in London, I keep it to London mainly. Uh, social media. Social media is very important. It, it didn't yeah. used to be, but social yeah. media is very important and now. What social media are you using and what works do you think particularly well? Uh, I, at the moment, I use Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, but I think for families, Instagram and Facebook are the best ones, and okay. Facebook is really coming back. Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. Yes. Twitter is more business-centered, yeah. business you know, yeah, communicate with, with yeah. other business, collaboration. And, it's, uh, and the third, the third uh, way I would say to promote, which can be fun as well, is to collaborate. Okay, okay. So, so talk about a collaboration that you've done with someone, say. So I'm very picky about who I collaborate <laughs> again. I thought you might say uh, that. <laughs> because we have to agree on the yeah. way we, we work yeah. with children and how we do business as well. Yeah. And I have two big partnerships which are ongoing is with Petit Bateau, the French uh, shops, and with Librairie La Page, the French bookshop. So yeah. one is a fashion, uh, uh, very classic and prestigious uh, clothes brand, and the other one is a, is a bookshop. Um, and I'm very pleased to work with both of them because of the work ethics, but also because they are placed, for instance, Petit Bateau, even though it's a fashion brand, they keep it. They keep it very playful. The way they market it. The way okay. they. So I, I liked that. So behind. how do you work with them then? How does it work? We do. We we, we do events. Okay. So you do events yeah. together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they at have the moment parents, it's mainly events. Are coming in to look at books or to look at the clothes. Yes. With Petit Bateau, we do regular events, and the next one uh, is is coming soon for back to school, where we will offer uh, a sort of art and craft activity, but there will be also stories and songs. So you can come with children of any age and they will play and have a French teacher to play with them and introduce them to yeah. French. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's brilliant um, because I think, you know, doing things like social media, advertising lots of different ways, I think a lot of people are doing that and having, you know, more or less success dependent on what they're doing and how they're doing it. But the concept of partnering with other people mm. to get your brand out there, to get mm. more customers, I think is fantastic. And I think what's interesting with you is you, you thought long and hard about who you partnered with. Yes. So obviously there's the French element in there. Yeah. It's authentic. It actually yeah. is something about your business. And the ethics and the way that they market themselves yeah. was very important as well. Absolutely. So, excellent. Um, so if I say, said to you, um, you know, so 25 years ago, what worked? Things like posters and flyers, did, did they work? Do they still work today? I think what will always work is the word of mouth. Okay. If you're doing a good job, that's still the number one. Yeah. Uh, way to get people to your classes if parents are happy if yeah. nannies are happy yeah they will recommend you and it's still the the you know the first thing we we know and that's why social media are quite good because it's social and people yeah. do recommend you i guess we're digitizing media. yeah digitizing word yeah. of mouth aren't we so in through social media exactly. and that's why it's quite powerful mm. so what kind of things do you do on social media that that you think works uh, I'm still working on it. I don't think my social media is perfect. Uh, I'm going to come back to communication. It's the word of the day. But I inform people. I, sometimes I, I, I just put things like, here, uh, here it is, that's what we do, where we are, and the timing, and go to our website. Sometimes I just put information that uh, could be useful. But mainly I will, uh, I will um, post articles or on Facebook or a blog at, I write on Facebook to inform okay. people yeah. so that they know more about language learning, they know more about what we do, and yeah. if it's something they are interested in, well, they can go and check the website. Yeah. On Instagram, I will put, uh, I will put a, a photo and, uh, and explain something about what we do, or, okay. but I will also put fun Fun, fun stuff, okay. you know, to show who we are. Yeah, um, brilliant. Okay, now that's um, that's great. Now a question I have to ask you, because um, I know this is quite topical at the moment, is nurseries. Um, so there's there's various conversations that I see online about how do you get into nurseries? How yes. can you market in nurseries? How do you get them to open the door to you? Yes. And also, second question is. Because um, I know you're working in some of those areas, are you worried about the, the new 30 hours uh, uh, nursery kind of hours that parents are, are getting and whether you think that's going to have an impact? So how do you get into nurseries and what do you think works? So, so nurseries, it's, it is very difficult indeed okay. to get in nurseries. Um, when I first started, a few, uh, maybe not right away, but after a few years, yeah. I tried to approach nurseries myself. Didn't work very rarely worked and now we work with a lot of nurseries they either found the information online or in a magazine and they approach us uh, or we were recommended again okay. parents recommending us parents wanting us to yeah. be in their nursery that's really what works best so i don't approach nurseries anymore they no, approach us i never do I'm, I'm really surprised by that uh, I haven't just, tried again, yeah. but when I tried yeah. initially, and I did it a few times, yeah. sending information or approaching them, didn't work. And uh, so, 
that's the feedback I get from, from other providers, that they're finding it hard because they're approaching nurseries and they're not actually getting much, much response from them. So what you're saying is actually the more visible you are, the yeah. more you communicate what you do and how you do it, the yeah. better relationship you have with your customers, mm-hmm. who I guess tend to be living in and around those local areas, the best chance you've got of attracting Yes, yeah, because they will recommend you. Okay, excellent. That's the top tip that of is. the day. Yeah. So the 30 hours free childcare, is that something you've thought about or considered or not, not particularly I, worried I, about it at all? No, I mean it doesn't. It doesn't uh, touch us yet. Um, I'm not. Sh- I don't know enough to comment on it. Yeah. I read a few articles yeah. about it. Uh, uh, even saw an article about a nursery had to close her doors yeah. because of that. So um, wait and see. I'm not sure how it's going to affect. Uh, yeah. No, I think it is business. a bit of a wait and see for yeah. everybody. I'm going to keep yeah. asking everybody as I uh, talk to them. <laughs> Hopefully, over time, we'll start to get a feel for what's actually going on yes. out there. So I think that that's uh, I think that's what people are looking for is uh, you know what's actually happening is mm. it having an impact and mm. I think it could be an opportunity for us as well if children are in nursery for longer periods maybe you know more opportunities for us to do more in nursery so we'll see time time that's will an tell. interesting point yeah well I don't know. yeah it'd be fascinating to see mm. so obviously running your own business is probably one of the most challenging things yeah. uh, you can do yes. uh, in your life I know that I know that myself so what do you do to kind of get away from it all and to de-stress from it to de-stress from it <laughs> one of my favorite activity being French is to have big meals with friends and family and oh, talk I'm liking, about everything I'm liking France and French so, people already so you know we eat <laughs> we drink we talk we share we cry we laugh that, that, that's one of my favorite activities but what I do like doing is Walking, swimming, and going out. Theatre. Okay. Theatre okay. is my number what did one. You last and reading. The, reading. What, what I read did you last see at the theatre? What did I last see at the theatre? I saw a play. I can't remember the, the title. A Western play. Oh, a wonderful play. They won an award about um, someone uh, addicted to drugs. Okay. So uh, not something for kids. <laughs> Um, it doesn't sound fun. No, no, no. It <laughs> was a wonderful good. play, but that was there. I can't remember the title. Sorry. <laughs> Excellent, Mars. Well, we are getting towards the end of our time. Okay. So there's so many more questions I could have asked you, um, but I uh, just wanted to finish off with a couple of questions. I guess you have been doing this for 25 years. What keeps you excited and motivated um, to keep going? Okay, I get very, very excited in working on how the classes are devised and the programs. So I have a lot of fun uh, creating, improving. For instance, I've just created a new uh, newborn class, so I'm working on, on that. Uh, so I have a lot of fun there. I had a lot of fun teaching the kids. I just love what I do, you know. Yeah. A uh, lot of fun teaching the kids, you know. It's so rewarding. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun also um, training the teachers. It's really, it's another uh, aspect of the job which is really uh, fun. Yeah. And if you were sort of giving advice to somebody just starting out or thinking about growing their business, what, 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 what would it be? I think you have to be passionate about it. If you're passionate, you first of all going to do a good job. But also, uh, it's going to be hard work. When you have your own business, yeah. it's going to be hard work. 
if you're really passionate, you will want to learn from any of your mistakes because we all make yeah. mistakes, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yes, passion is key. Otherwise, I don't think you last. No, I agree. I mean, it is hard work, isn't it? I think mm. running an activity um, program business, um, mm. I think it's probably one of the hardest businesses to run. And I you do have so. to love it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You do have to love it. So uh, I think that's, uh, that's great advice. And I guess finally for you, what's your future plans? Um, I'm thinking of working on online Okay. Um, course. Um, it's in the early stage, and yeah. it's going to take a while for me to uh, to do it because I, I like I'm quite a, a perfectionist, so I uh, yeah. I will want to do a, a very good uh, product. But that's 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 the next stage. I'm talking okay. to people and. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I know we spoke um, uh, before we started this about franchising and it's something that you have decided not to do. Yes. I'm interested in, in why you decided not to do and obviously you're thinking about doing something more online in terms of a product instead. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, there are different ways you can grow that type of business and for me, I realise it has to be more creative than business orientated. So I did my CD. I mean, with a CD, you don't make huge money, but uh, I did my CD and, um, and uh, now I'm thinking of, uh, uh, of growing, doing uh, online courses as well. Uh, but having a franchise, I've thought a lot about it. And uh, I never really got excited about it. And I think you really need to, to, to be big for uh, a franchise model to work. So again, it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be a lot of business work. Uh, yeah. I didn't get excited about yeah. all of that. Yeah, and I guess back to your point, you know, you've got to be passionate and excited about yes. it to, to do a fantastic job. And I agree with you, I think there's lots of ways to grow your business. Um, and I think, you know, franchising isn't always the best route, and it certainly isn't the only route. I think it's a route that a lot of people have gone down. Yes. Uh, but I think. And it, some people will do a great job with yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of work and a lot of money as well. You yes. have to uh, invest a lot of money as well. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So that's, that's brilliant. Well, um, thank you so much, Stella, for sharing your story. There's been so many great things in there. I've learned loads. I hope everybody listening today uh, has enjoyed it and, and, uh, and learned something as well. And we hope to uh, bring you the second podcast and uh, you enjoy that just as much. Thank you. Thanks, Stella. <laughs>